Good morning, listeners. This is the Captain Righteous Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Righteous Speaking, and today's episode is about how can we improve the DC Cinematic Universe. Let's begin. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm recording this on Thursday, uh, actually around 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. It's like 3.50, so pretty much 4 o'clock right now. Um, I decided, because, you know, I might as well, you know, of course, get this out of the way. Um, and also I, I was, uh, I had this question burning in my mind for a couple of days. Cause I, you know, I recently watched the Batman movie and I really loved it. But the thing is, it sucks to say that that movie doesn't fall in line with the current, uh, the, the cinematic version of the DC universe, if that makes any sense. Because, you know, in the movies, well, of course the movies, there's been, um, there's only been, you know, one Batman in that universe. It's Ben Affleck. However, in recent uh, news, um, Ben Affleck has stepped away, and they're still up in the air about who will replace him as Batman in that universe. Um, and funny enough, uh, not to get off the topic, but the Batman movie that came out starring Robert Pattinson was actually supposed to be um, Ben Affleck's Batman movie, believe it or not. And the way that movie was pitched is that Batman was supposed to be um, fighting Deathstroke. Not just those two, but it's Batman versus Deathstroke and his other, you know, villains. Um, it was supposed to be pitched like, have you ever seen one of those raid movies? I haven't seen them, but I've seen, like, uh, clips online. So it's Batman fighting a whole bunch of uh, villains, but it's like the villains and their henchmen. And it's like, it's like level by level, he's getting close to Deathstroke. And, you know, Deathstroke, you know, of course, in the comics, Deathstroke is the world's top and ruthless assassin. Like, he would have just squared up Batman, like, just right, like, I won't say right now, but, like, off the rip, you know? But if he's supposed to, like, tire Batman out so he can make it more easy to kill him, if that make any sense. But, you know, regardless, um, we didn't get that movie, and especially that version of Deathstroke, because, um... So in the DC movies, of course, so we're still on topic of that. The that universe's um, Deathstroke is played by Joe Mangiello, if I'm saying his name correctly. And if you see the way he looks, especially in that Deathstroke suit, it, it was amazing. You know, of course, Joe Mangiello is a really good actor, but it's like we never really got to see what his version of well Deathstroke is. Oh, I'm sorry, would be. Because, like, in all fairness, besides him, um, you do have other actors who played Deathstroke who've done an excellent job. Um, right now, uh, since it's, like, early in the morning, um, you have the guy who plays Deathstroke in the CW, uh, Arrow show. He, he, he does a really good job. And you have the, the guy who plays Deathstroke in the Titan series, um, originally was on the DC, uh, Universe app, which got, like, it, it, it they, they took the show and they transitioned it to uh, HBO Max. Uh, and that was uh, season two, so I highly check out. I highly uh, want my listeners to check out season two of Titans. But with that being said, um, like I don't think like not like it's not like we're saying bye to that version of uh, Deathstroke because he can always come back. Hopefully. Um, I don't know because like hopefully in a, in a Batman movie, but for right now we don't know but that's the whole reason why i um well made this uh episode of course so of course with that being said um to actually discuss what we should do to make these movies better and make the universe more connected and more um 
comprehensive, if that makes sense. Because I, I get people get it, but it's like they don't have to have Superman fly in every movie. Like, oh, this is the DC universe. Like, they don't have to do that. They can make mentions of, uh, of uh, mentions of Superman and what's going on in Metropolis, and that's it. So, um, I actually, um, wrote down about four to five, um, I'm still blanking on the the fifth one, but, so, here's how we can improve the DC Cinematic, um, universe. So, number one, uh, less studio interference. Now, one thing about studio interference, now, I will say this, with certain directors, certain visions, certain ideas, they don't want the... How to say this? They don't want the general public to think, oh, well, that studio, like, let's say, like, I don't know, some random imaginary director, I'm coming up right now for this episode, uh, wrote a, uh, a Wonder Woman, a Wonder Woman movie, right? Because we all know Patty Jenkins, I think she wrote, yeah, she, she wrote and directed those movies. Uh, she wrote the first Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman movie, excuse me, and she wrote Wonder Woman 1984 and let's say they just dropped her and completely replaced her with this imaginary director now this imaginary director can be man woman non-binary it doesn't matter this person comes in and immediately um like basically disrespect wonder woman and have her like hating all men and super violent even though just like the past movies and definitely the comic book show that Wonder Woman, she is a feminist, nothing wrong with that, but it's like she loves everyone and anyone, if that make any sense. But let's say this um, this director would, okay, in this movie, in this specific scene, Wonder Woman stabs a kid, punches this person out the window, shoot a machine gun, like a whole bunch of unnecessary stuff. So, good morning everyone, this is actually Thursday, and I'm recording this a lot earlier, especially early in the morning, so right now it's like Thursday, uh, 4am in the morning, of course, and I decided to make this an episode because I, I figured, you know, I love watching superhero movies, especially, you know, you know DC, and of course Marvel, but I figured there has to be some sensible way to make the movies a lot better, in a sense, because recently I actually watched the Batman movie, and I really enjoy it, but uh, yeah, I saved that review later in the episode but anyways um so i actually numbered it um four to five uh good ways to improve the universe the fifth one i'm still um deciding what should it be but uh i'll get to it uh later in the episode and hopefully this episode will be short you know with less tangents and like less uh rants or whatever from me of course now, this it doesn't um, go in any particular order. So, number one, it starts off with less studio interference. Now, for studio interference, um, it's basically, uh, of course, the studio deciding to make changes with actors, script, directors, anyone within that filming process where the studio feels like it's safe and it's like, okay, this person is going to make us enough money. That person is not a risk. And this will tell the story a lot more than what they was going to do, if that make any sense. Now, for what Warner Bros. have uh, been doing with the DC movies, if what I can understand, and especially gather, is that for certain directors like a Zack Snyder, which depending on how you feel about him, and depending on how you feel about the Justice League movie, I think he did a, a good job, spe- excuse me, specifically for his vision. 
but you know even with their vision there's still it's still a lot of like studio uh meddling like for example like um like i guess this was proposed in the uh because like the Zack snyder justice league supposed to be uh a trilogy well of course like three movies that's what a trilogy is it's like justice league part one justice league part two and part three um and unfortunately because where it stands now cause right after the Zack the excuse me the Zack snyder cut of the justice league movie um, I forgot, like, cause, you know, they streamed out, like, I think they had it in theaters, but, um, they also streamed that on, um, HBO Max, and forgive me if I'm wrong about the numbers, I want to say it was, like, at least 27 million people watching the Zack Snyder cut, cause I remember when, um, um, it was, like, 2020 or 2021, so when they dropped it on HBO Max, cause I, you know, it was, sorry, I don't know why I'm getting to the details about this, but I just can't, got home from doing my taxes, and I sat down, watched the Zack Snyder cut from like, because the movie's about like four hours long, but from the start all the way to the end, and after that, I was just like, damn, this is good, and then I went straight to work after that, but with that being said, is that like, you know, of course, you know, that was nice of them to give him that shot to tell his actual story, and the, and his vision, but originally, those movies supposed to have be like part one, then part two, and then part three, and again, where it stands now, uh, I think HBO, not, not HBO, excuse me, Warner Bros. kind of like canceled the idea or kind of like not confirm he can be able to continue it. But right now, Zack Snyder, um, he's shooting a, a, a movie called Dark Moon or something. It's like a, it's like his own version of Star Wars. It's not Star Wars, but it's kind of like, it's a sci-fi movie from what I can gather. But what that tells me is that like, you know, of course, like they... I know the listeners can't see me move my fingers, but they respect the the director or the actor's choice of this film. But it's like, hey, we want to do it this way because we know what we're doing. And in all fairness, and I'm being honest, like Warner, Warner Bros, not just that whole studio, but regarding with DC movies, because they do nothing but DC movies, of course. Um, with certain actor choices and, and, and certain controversies, like I'll get to the controversies a little bit later. But, um, they make good choices, because, like, think about this, like, The Dark Knight, uh, Rise, not just that particular movie, but the, the whole Christian Bale trilogy, like, that movie, like, not movie, but those movies were nothing but dope, okay? The Christopher Reeves Superman movies, now, depending on how you feel, because, like, they, I won't say they're, day, like, outdated in a bad sense, because they're all made, ooh, I want to say, like, maybe early 70s, up towards, like, the mid to late 80s. But the point is, like, you know, Warner Bros. has been behind a lot of cool and dope DC stuff. Now, I'm stri- I'm, I'm definitely keeping my focus on the movie aspect, but even, like, with animation, of course. But with that being said, like, yes, they have a lot of successes. However, they do have a lot of, uh, of fails. Like, okay, my favorite Batman movie, of, as of recently, is The Batman starring Robert Pattinson. Now, take that movie, right? Just take it in your hand big or small, and compared to Batman Forever, and forgive me if I'm wrong, Batman Forever was that Batman movie where Batman had nipples, correct? And Robin had nipples, and they had a Batgirl suit, and I could have sworn it was going to give her nipples, but I don't know why. You see what I'm saying? Uh, I think that was the same movie with George Clooney, and George Clooney is a fine good actor, but even then, I, I personally call me a fool, Darius, you're a fool, that's fine. He, like, I feel like he and, and other 
you know, actors who have done DC projects in, well, for Warner Bros., he deserves at least, like, a second chance. Ryan Reynolds has a Green Lantern, which I'm going to get to this later in the podcast. I promise. Uh, I, I'm sorry. If I didn't say it already. I try to skip the rants and the tangents, but there's certain actors and certain movies, like, yes, they screwed up on, but then again, they can have a chance of retelling the stories and through a comic book or maybe something I mean, hopefully in another movie, because, like, they got money. I mean, come on now. Like, besides DC stuff, they got, like, what, Game of Thrones or, um... Because Warner Bros., yeah, Warner Brothers own, like, Cartoon Network. So, yeah, they, 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 they should be, like, caked up with money. Uh, forgive me, but anyways, um... Moving on. Uh, I feel like less studio interference gives uh, directors and definitely actors a chance to, like, well, you know, I think Aquaman in this scene, he should be, like, happy because, you know, he saved the day. He should be depressed or whatever, right? But uh, with less studio interference, you get to see more of the directors, uh, well, what they were trying to tell in the movie, but specifically, excuse me, in particular scenes, if that make any sense. Uh, number two is uh, make, uh, not make, but give more creative control, which I just said for number one. But to go further than this, because I can give you three um, directors who've done a good job within uh, the DC Cinematic Universe. Uh, James Gunn, uh, Zack Snyder, and definitely um, James Wan. Now, not just them, but other directors as well, like Patty Jenkins. But with James Gunn, uh, with his Suicide Squad movie, and you have to understand, because there's two Suicide Squad movies. It's Suicide Squad with Will Smith. Uh, who else was in it? But I, I know. I saw that movie. I enjoyed that movie. And then you have The Suicide Squad. Um, and by extension, The Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, and recent news, they did say um, after, you know, of course, the Suicide Squad movie, um, with Peacemaker, which please check it out if you have HBO Max, it's hilarious. But no, there's supposed to be another spinoff from that show, like something in that regards, where it's like it's still under that umbrella of the, the DC universe, but you still give the director, oh, okay, if you like this character, what if can you explain or not explain, but explore more of this person, if they make any sense? But stuff like that, where you give uh, a, a directors like James Gunn more wiggle room, and that sounds kind of weird, I'm sorry, but, like, uh, more more chances to tell uh, stories about a particular character or a group of characters, because Peacemaker wasn't just, like, it's just him, it was Peacemaker, Vigilante, Peacemaker's dad, and the people who, well, I guess, handle Peacemaker, essentially his co-workers, because, you know, he's back to doing covering at work, but, um, moving on, uh, James Wan, um, especially with Aquaman, now, Aquaman, the first movie was good. I enjoyed it because the, one of the thing is, and, I, and I, forgive me, I, I try to avoid tangents on my podcast, but the thing is, Aquaman, the character, like he literally takes place um, underwater. That doesn't mean you take Aquaman out the water; he's like less effective, but he is effective, land or water. But the thing is, it's it's hard to shoot. I'm sure, definitely, it's, it's hard to shoot an entire movie under the water, but they somehow pulled it off and they did well. Now, this is actually I want to talk about in another point, is that with the recent controversies with Amber Heard, you know, James Wan, because at the moment right now, they're shooting Aquaman 2, and, well, Amber Heard, or more importantly, her character, Mara, has only 10 minutes of screen time. Now, in movies, you know, like, if I do a Spider-Man movie, 
people, Tom Holland, right? And I write Tom Holland about like 40 something plus minutes of like screen time. That means like, yes, he is the focus of the movie, but what about his supporting cast? What about the villain? Because you need to give the hero and also the villain some equal screen time. You see what I'm saying? But what that says to me, she probably won't, um, the character, of course, because Amber Heard, listen, at the time of this recording, um, today is May 5th, uh, 2022, and 4.15 in the morning right now, uh, yo, she, she, she on her way out, because, uh, right now, um, at this time, uh, she's, uh, in court for a defamation, um, uh, sue, I think she's suing Johnny Depp. But so far, she's looking, like, really bad in this case. But no, at the same time, as she's going through this, they got, like, at least 2 million signatures to remove her from Aquaman and any other DC movie. So, um, yeah, she's not going to be playing Mera for too long, I- I'll tell you that. But with that being said, um, because you know what, this might be, depending on what happens in the future, I might be wrong or I might be right. So, you know, I'll surprise myself later. But anyway, excuse me, um, what that tells me is that, um, that James Wan, of course, the director and the writer of the Aquaman, not of the original character, but the movies, of course, he's going to have to find a way to at least probably have to shorten her screen time even more, just completely recast a different actress, maybe. But um, what I'm trying to say is, like, with James Wan, uh, he did an excellent job shooting Aquaman. And now, again, that's probably not stereo interference of them bothering him shooting Aquaman, because, like, like, as I mentioned earlier, is that it's going to be hard to shoot an entire movie with characters underwater. Now, yeah, you can argue, well, you know, print, not Princess and the Frog, excuse me, The Little Mermaid, but you have to understand, that's animation. Now, animation, you can get with, you can get away with a lot of things compared to live action, but to my, in my opinion, they did an excellent job. Especially Aquaman 2, but, um, for, and again, from what also I hear that, um, after Aquaman, they were supposed to make, well, James supposed to make a movie called the, uh, was it called the trench but there was like basically these creatures in aquaman if you saw the movie it was like i can't really describe them they were like uh the creatures from black lagoon like like i don't want to go listen i don't want to spook anyone out but it was like an old movie from like the 50s or something like it's like a creature with like bug eyes or whatever and he was gonna do i don't know if he's gonna do like a, a horror movie because they're they're i think they were the they were the bad guys because they're trying to kill aquaman at some point in the movie but um, he was trying to make that a film, but, you know, Warner Brothers canceled it, but, you know, of course, what I mentioned with Zack Snyder and, and James Gunn is that, like, instead of, like, no, bad idea, don't do this, don't do that, at least, like, give them some leadway where, okay, we may not give you a, I keep, I think called the trench or something, it, it starts with a T, but when we may not give you a movie, but we can give like a mini series that goes along with Aquaman, like something where it's like, okay, we're not stomping on your dreams. Instead of doing that, we're going to give you a shot to, okay, why? Like you're explaining to us as the executives, and of course the um the consumers out there, why should we care about these characters? What makes them important, and why do they matter, especially? to Aquaman and definitely the greater DC universe but again they shot it down um but yeah with more creative control like you get like like really dope ass products like Peacemaker was amazing the Suicide Squad was amazing Shazam now I don't know if they have a lot of uh, uh studio um 
interference on that movie, but I watched that movie a day after my birthday. It was April 5th of 2019. Um, and no, like, I, I enjoyed that movie. I, I love Shazam, which reminds me, because I keep forgetting to buy uh, a Shazam comic book. Not a issue, but like a whole volume. But, you know, with that being said, I'm very excited for Shazam uh, Fear of the Gods. I think they changed it. Maybe Wrath of the Gods, but I think it's Fear of the Gods. Uh, number three is explore unknown um, heroes. Now, what I mean is, and this is like, uh, like this is just me personally. Maybe uh, the listeners uh, may not agree with this, but with certain DC characters, we were introduced, of course, in the movies. And, and hear me out. In uh, recent years, I think it was this year actually, they did say um, uh, Warner Bros. was going to um, at least produce a Black Canary show and or movie. And it follows, um, oh, forgive me, uh, a Journey Smollett. There you go. Um, if you haven't watched Birds of Prey, let me say this. I will say this. I enjoyed this movie. If I can rate this movie, I'll, I'll give it like a 7 or a 6 out of 10. Now, do I hate it with a burning passion and they should never ever made it and blah, 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 blah. No, God, no. Don't, don't, please don't be ridiculous. But how I feel about the movie is, it should be really called, like, Harley Quinn featuring the Birds of Prey, but, because actually, no, because it was dumb, though, because it was called Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. That's the whole, that's the entire title. And then the month after the movie came out, they just changed it to Birds of Prey. Now, with that being said, uh... I think Journey Smollett is a, uh, of course she's a good actress, no doubt. I, I really enjoyed her in a show called Lovecraft Country, which they also canceled. Anyways, um, her being um, Black Canary was pretty dope. I, I want to see more of Black Canary's power sets because, again, from what, if I'm correct, uh, Journey Smollett, uh, who else? Uh, there was another, it was a Katie Cassidy, if that's her name. She played, uh, Black Canary in the Arrowverse uh, show, not Arrowverse, but in Arrow, in, in you know, the CW's uh, DC Universe, of course. Now, with that being said, um, uh, I'm sorry, I actually lost my train of thought, um, forgive me, but no, that falls in line with Unknown Heroes, because, like, of course, like, depending on if you're a super hardcore comic book fan, or you're occasional, uh, you know, you read the comic books, or you watch the movies and such, um, I think it's a good time to explore more of her character because um, Black Canary, because she's been in uh, the Justice, the mainline Justice League team, and I think she's been in the Justice League of America. Because you know, in the comic books, and forgive me, uh, sorry, I just dropped my damn notes. Um, damn, where was I going? I was just talking about. I'm sorry, I was, I was talking about Black Canary, but to talk about characters who was who wasn't like shown in the universe or at least like they were teased like for example like um if you watch the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League there was a character named Ryan Choi now not to you know slow anyone down with the uh, history of that character so the characters um he's actually the Adam now I think he's currently the Adam so there was two Adams in DC in the DC universe so it's Ray Palmer who taught him to be the Adam and you have um well, of course, Ryan Choi. Now, I think in the original um, idea of uh, uh, Zack Snyder, he's going to introduce uh, uh, the Adam, of course, in Justice League Part 2, I, I think. But again, you know, those plans was canceled, so we may not see him in the, um, in the universe. 
Now, again, I'll explain how I really would have. Um, this is, I think that's actually number five because I don't want to, you know, be bogged down with each point. But I want to see more of that character, Ryan Choi, aka the Adam, uh, Black Canary, and they introduce us to Martian Manhunter. Now, let me tell you this I said this um, in the last episode of the podcast about why is Martian Manhunter is a why is Martian Manhunter is dope in the DC universe and what can we do with that character now of course DC will give him comic book runs but I don't think there's a current run about him now a comic book run is like okay his story for let's say five or six issues and if it does well we can give you a second installment to it and see where else we'll take it with that character and um, I said, like, they did give him, like, a lot of runs, a comic book runs, but I don't think there's a, a current run at the moment. And at the same time, um, a Martian Manhunter series, because, like, here's the thing, and that's, that's why I say a, a Martian Manhunter series will be a lot better than a movie. Now, I won't be mad if they give him a movie, but with a series, you get, like, really dwelve deep into, like, dwelve into the character's past and explain, like, okay, well, this is what he can do. This what makes him different from Superman. Because, like, it's funny because, um, well, it's not funny, but it's funny because Martian Manhunter and Kal-El, a.k.a. Superman, are both the last, well, one of the last surviving members of their species, Martian and Kryptonian on Earth, right? Now, with that being said, of course, um, I would like to see, like, well, specifically this character, I like to see him have his own rogues gallery because... Like, the only villain I can think of of uh, Martian Manhunter is his brother. And it's like, his brother is called... I did this the last episode because it's very hard to pronounce. It's called... It's it's pronounced like... Malafaek. That's not a swear word. It's like, that's his actual Martian name. Like, this... Because, you know, like I said, Martian Manhunter's... Well, his his Martian name is John Jones. Now, on Earth, he'll be called John Jones. You see what I did there? It's, you know, whoever wrote that was pretty clever, but, um, anyways, um, I'm talking about like this. Now, uh, I'm talking about like characters like this, excuse me, is that like we give like more heroes a chance to, like, if they haven't been on the show, okay, that's unfortunate, or if they, uh, haven't been like a live action, whatever, then again, like we can like give them a shot to appear in this show or appear in this movie. And it's like, you know what? Hey audience, you like that character? Yeah. Uh, Martian Manhunter, Black Canary. What if I told you we give them their own movie next year or something, or we give them their own show or whatever. You see what I mean? Yeah. What that tells me is that like, not only like, you know, that universe is not afraid to take chances, but they're open enough to uh, explore characters within the uh, DC. Well, not just only their universe. I'm talking about for comic book that is, but the multiverse. Like they that that's a concept that's bigger than that. Um, excuse me. And I said uh, this is number four. Uh, number four, I said, I of course make the universe a lot more um, consistent. If that makes sense, and I'm not saying it's not, but what I mean is, is like. And, and bear with me now, of course. Now, the Suicide Squad, and of course, through that and Peacemaker, they established, like, the Justice League. We've seen a, in the Zack Snyder movie. And, of course, the Josh Sweden cut of it, or vice versa. Um, they exist. You know, Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot. Uh, Aquaman, Jason Momoa. Flash, Ezra Miller, which, again, with recent controversies, 
we might not have him as the Flash. Now, of course, back to it, and that's fine and all, but like, and it's not me putting this on James Gunn, because, you know, of course, he directed and wrote Peacemaker. He did an excellent job. But, um, no, it, what that means is that, um, like, they can mention the League without the, the Justice League. The, the, the Justice League is in this universe, which is not, it's not a bad question, because, like, like I said, and I hate to compare it to Marvel, it's just like you tell a single story, and you mention, oh, yeah, that did happen. You know, the Avengers, they are a thing. Like, we don't have to have Iron Man show up and do something and, like, dip out. Like, we don't have we don't have to do it. You can actually show, like, old footage of Iron Man, not from the movie, but from, like, their perspective. But, you know, like, something where it's like, okay, we're still in that same universe, but here we are talking about a different character with a different story for a different purpose. And it's not like they don't, because I guess the best example I can think of right now would be the, not like, like for a singular movie, because, you know, Aquaman, he talk about, you know, working with the Justice League, and that's it. Not like they don't exist, they exist, but hey, it's his movie, and he gets to do things on his own, which I appreciate that. But, now, not talking about, like, the actual universe for a second, because I did mention that, um, I saw the Batman movie, which, here's my mini-review before I continue the rest of this, um, podcast. Um, if I can grade the movie, a 10 out of a 10, excuse me, it's one of the best Batman movies out there. Uh, second to that is, uh, Batman Begins, and the reason why I think that it's a bat, uh, it's one of the best Batman movies is because... Like, it really do, it really do feel like a detective noir. Now, what I mean is, like, it's one of those old movies. It's not old because they still do it in modern media, but it's like, you know, the detective with the, the hat, the trench coat. It's, like, in the 30s or something, and it's always about, like, it's, it, of course, it follows a serial killer or a uh, a gangster, and the detective is trying to find out who, de- who, did, the ca- who did the crime and why did they do it. And it felt just like that, but it's like the only difference between, you know, like those movies and of course the Batman movies that, well, it's featuring the superhero and it doesn't like really, like it doesn't really mess, it doesn't really mess with that, that genre. It just, it, it feels, it feels right. Let, let's say that, uh, highly recommend you check it out. Cause, uh, they actually put on, um, HBO max. I think, I think like early this month, funny enough, I, I think, but if you have, HBO Max, be sure to watch, uh, The Batman, you know, anyways, um, uh, like, speaking about this movie, The Batman, The Joker, um, or not just The Joker, it's called Joker, but it's like, they're both good movies in their own way, but like, you have to understand, The Batman doesn't take place during the Joker's, um, universe, yes, is it unfortunate, yeah, of course, but like, with that being said, I'm used to it, because, like, the way I treat those movies, and again, if you're not familiar with, uh, well, American comic books at that, you know, DC, and especially Marvel, they often do this where, like, who are listening right now, uh, I don't want to assume your gender, but so, person I'm talking to right now, I want you to write a Spider-Man story. Now, this Spider-Man story has to be, like, a, a alternate reality where Spider-Man becomes a zombie. I want you to write it, and I want this on my desk Friday, I don't know, next Friday at that, and for that, like, what, that, like, that should, like, like, for a writer, that gives you a chance to tell, well, what kind of version of Spider-Man this is, is this, like, Spider-Man in college, 
or Spider-Man in, in high school? Is it a future Spider-Man? Is it an older Spider-Man or a young Spider-Man? I know it doesn't really matter because he becomes a zombie, but it's like, it's in a sense where I'm giving you a chance to tell this story while at least respecting the the established canon and at least like make it your own spin. Does that make any sense? I hope it does. But no, um, that's how I can uh, explain um, the Batman and Joker. Both good movies in their own way. But Matt Reeves and I'm uh, uh, what's the man uh, the the director for the Joker movie. Um, both did an excellent job. I, I'm not complaining, and especially because Matt Reeves, um, he did confirm they're going to work on a sequel. And for Joker, they they're they're talking about a, a, a sequel, but honestly, I don't think they should because like the way it ended, should just leave it off with that. But with that being said, like like those both mo- both of those movies felt like they were their own elsewhere stories, and they are they 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 take place in their own universes, which is fine. But it's unfortunate where um. It's not unfortunate because, like, of course, you probably won't have a Superman pop in that Batman movie or an actual Batman to arrive in that Joker movie. But it gives us, like, I guess a break from the whole DC Universe thing, which, again, like, especially after those movies, consumers or, you know, the audience want more. What happens to the Joker? What happens to this version of Batman? Which is nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, um... It kind of muddies it because, like, they must. If, if the next Aquaman movie comes out, because the next Aquaman movie comes out like early next year, I think, and theoretically the next Joker movie will come out a year after that. Or something, someone might look at Aquaman and say, "Well, where's the Joker?" And now they don't mean Jared Leto; they mean uh, Joaquin Phoenix, which he did an excellent job in that movie as well. But it's like it's not because people are not dumb. Like certain studios, not always. Sometimes they like to treat people like they're dumb. Like, for example, like, when they replaced, um, Terrence Howard and, uh, Don Cheadle with Terrence Howard in the second Iron Man movie. Now, both good actors, I love Don Cheadle and I love Terrence Howard's movies, both awesome dudes, but it's like, yeah, we noticed that, cause like, as black, and I'm keeping it real, this is for anyone who's black, and it's not me excluding anyone, like, you can tell, we can tell each other apart, like, that's a dark-skinned man, being switched with a, from a, a, a light-skinned man being um, switched out with a dark-skinned man. Now, again, Don Cheadle does an excellent job, and I can't wait to see him in uh, Armor Wars. That's a Disney Plus show that's coming out. I don't know when, but hopefully soon. But with that being said, of course, um, it's just like, yeah, we notice certain things like that, and it's kind of like, it's not insulting, but like it's a whole behind-the-screen, behind-the-screen, excuse me, behind the scenes type of thing and it's like I get it and that's fine but um needless to say like I think they they should have a better handling of it because if they make a Batgirl they are making a Batgirl movie but even then like it probably won't be in the same continuity and if it is I'm wrong I can admit I'm wrong on the podcast but still like this Batgirl probably don't know who Ben well probably knows who Batman is, but we still didn't give a chance to see them work together. You see what I'm saying? We still don't have a Robin in that universe, which sucks, of course. Or a Teen Titans. But anyways, um, uh, towards the end of the podcast, I'd like to just uh, address two things. Uh, not with the podcast, but with Ezra Miller and um, Amber Heard's um, controversies. Now, Ezra Miller first. Now, um, Forgive me if I got the timeline wrong. Uh, not this month, but like late 
uh, I think throughout the whole month of April because he he was arrested and let go and he went to Hawaii and he apparently had some heated argument with somebody and he picked up a chair and threw it at a woman's head and I don't know if the woman's like she was concussed but the thing with him um, from what I heard that even in the um, on the, the Flash movie set he had like mental breakdowns and, and a lot of negative stuff that was going on with him and let me tell you this I, Darius, uh, aka Captain Righteous, of course, on the Captain Righteous podcast, I am not here to trivialize or make fun of anyone's mental um, health. I will say this, um, if they do replace Ezra Miller as The Flash, because again, like this wasn't his first time putting his hands on somebody, because I think, was it 2020 or 2021 where he like choked a woman, which was weird. Anyways, um, I hope he gets the help he deserves. But, um, the Flash movie, because, like, and that's the thing, like, not just with that movie, but with other movies as well, because they keep shifting it over and over again, and, um, before I speak on, um, Amber Heard, uh, let me, and also let me remind you this, I'm not none of these people, I don't know these people, I just, from what I see, and this is how I'm reacting to it, I, especially with Ezra Miller, I hope he gets the help he deserves. Now, before I go on... Uh, I don't know when they did this, but they actually uh, moved their movies uh, a little bit further because I think Flash is supposed to come out this summer and Aquaman is supposed to come out like this November, but they moved it till next year. But uh, that Flash movie, which I was going to, I think this is actually my fifth point, or this, this is my fifth point um, about how to make the DC uh, movies a lot better. It was going to be about not to reboot it, but to, con- but to follow the current canon. But I might as well just squeeze it here before I quickly talk about uh, Amber Heard. Um, the upcoming Flash movie I was talking about, and of course the movie Ezra Miller stars in, uh, apparently, and again, there's no concrete article or whatever or link I can send to the listener. Uh, it's supposed to reboot the universe now to make a brief, uh, not statement, but a brief explanation. Uh, Flashpoint, the comic book, which I'm actually looking at right now in my room, is a reboot of the DC Universe slash a Flash story that that takes place in an alternate reality where the Flash saved his mom, thus uh, changing the, the entire course of the DC Universe. Now, please, I highly recommend, uh, I think I did this in a, a former episode, uh, I'm sorry, a recent episode, um, check out certain DC uh, comic books, but that's one of those DC comic books you need to check out because it's, like, it's, it's fun and it's very mind-blowing, but... Needless to say, after the Flashpoint, uh, Flash was the reason why, uh, well, one of the reasons why that DC started the New 52, where they had, like, new, uh, origins and new retellings of each character, because, you know, DC, I don't know how many years they do it, they probably do it in, like, five to ten years, they do, like, another reboot or something, but, of course, with that being said, um, like, Maybe that's the purpose of this movie, because what I get out is, like, we're supposed to have Supergirl that's not connected to Superman, which is dumb. I don't care. It's dumb. Like, uh, not it's not the actress' fault, but like, they at least should have, like, oh, well, you know, Supergirl met Superman, and then, I don't know. But they have, they're supposed to have, like, two Batman. Um, they're supposed to have Ben Affleck, who, uh, this is his last movie as Batman ever. And um, they will have Michael Keaton to come back as his form, his form, excuse me, his version of Batman from Batman 1989, which is nothing wrong with that. I love that version of Batman. But 
needs to say, I, and that's like I, what I was really against because like you already got an established universe. The best thing you can do is work with you, work with, work with what you have now. Part of my language, of course. Work with what you have now and try to fix it, like as you're trying to get better. It's kind of like, you know, like like I'm making a mess uh, on the podcast right now. I know I'm not perfect, but it's like you know, you know, just pace yourself. And try to speak clearly, and hopefully your 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 hopefully your language improves better than mine. Let's say that, but no, hopefully your point gets through clearly. Excuse me, but no, um, I don't know if this like that's true. They're gonna reboot the entire universe, but if they do, I'll, of course I'll still watch the movies. I'll still give them a chance, but like you still like they still like not. Not the comic books, but the actual studio still needs to give directors, especially especially Zack Snyder, a chance to tell their stories with these characters. That's all I'm saying. Excuse me. Lastly, to um, Amber Heard, and this is the controversy I was talking about. So, right now, she's in uh, court with Johnny Depp, because they were married, um, forgive me, probably 2015 to 2017, I think. And the whole uh, court case is about uh, Amber Heard pretty much um, telling um, Hollywood to not work with Johnny Depp because apparently he's an abuser. However, you know, I stopped by and, and watched certain um, parts of their court case. And the more Amber Heard, um, well, the more the trial goes, the, uh, the longer the trials go, Amber Heard appears to be the abuser and needs to say, I think I said this earlier in the episode, that she may not be working in Hollywood after all, after um, this court case. But um, with that being said, um, especially with Ezra Miller, of course, they can like probably replace him with Grant Gustin, who's the Flash in the CW show. But still, like, I think the DC Cinematic Universe is still like compared to Marvel. And I know this is the whole reason because um, I, I, I made certain mentions uh, of Marvel throughout this whole episode because I don't want to compare those two, but you can. But like. They both have their own style, and I feel like Marvel, like, you can argue, it's the, every movie the same day, the characters, like, you you do that to your blue in the face, and that's fine, I respect your opinion, hopefully you respect mine, but you can't say Black Panther is just like Thor, or Thor is just like Ant-Man, it's just, just like what the DC Universe is, and of course should be where these characters differ, where, for example, like, you may not agree with me. I, I kind of like Man of Steel, except the fact they made Superman a, a bit moody, and it's not like Superman is moody. Like, of course, he's a he's a sentient being. He can he can cry, he can laugh, he can do what he wants. But you know, in the next Superman movie, which speaking of that, while we're on this topic, they still haven't greenlit a second Man of Steel movie, which is dumb. That's what I'm talking about. Instead of holding off on on particular characters. They just, like, kind of skip over, like, again, a Superman, and you see what I'm saying? Which is nothing wrong giving Flash a movie. It's nothing wrong giving Batgirl a movie, but it's like, what about the person who, quote-unquote, start off your entire universe? But with that being said, um, you know, and, I, and of course, I, I didn't want this episode to be too long, but um, those are my plans to make the DC Cinematic Universe uh, more palpable and more sensible, and I know I don't work for Warner Bros. or even DC. I wish they listen. Hey, I won't. I won't say no. If DC um, hired me to write the next, um, the next uh, uh, Martian Manhunter story. But to reiterate, of course, before I end this episode, 
Uh, they should have less studio interference. They should get more uh, creative control to their directors and writers. They should explore unknown heroes. They should be more... Um, like, their universe should be more connected, but, like, not super connected where, like, Batman can pop up in, like, a Green Lantern movie out of space for some reason, but... And lastly enough, they should at least have, um... Like, they should, like, at least work what they have. Like, I can understand if they want to do a Green Lantern movie, but it's, like, in a separate thing. That's okay. At least, like, as long as we get, like, a, a decent Green Lantern movie. But, of course, with that being said, um... Thank you for listening to the Captain Rights Podcast. I hope, hopefully, um, with this a little bit of knowledge I gave uh, to the listeners uh, today, I hope you can understand what I've actually been trying to say. Uh, sorry, what, oh my God, I screwed up again. Hopefully, you can understand what I was trying to say throughout the whole podcast. My words are all jumbled up. It's like, no, actually, it's about to be five, in the, um, five o'clock in the morning. Good Lord. But I appreciate you listening. Um, if you have any more questions, comments, or concerns, uh, don't be afraid to DM me on Instagram or Twitter. So my Twitter is underscore C Righteous and my Twitter. Oh my God. My Twitter is underscore C Righteous and my Instagram is Captain underscore underscore Righteous. And that's pretty much it. Thank you for listening to the Captain Righteous podcast. I should have a new episode, uh, a new episode uh, next Friday, of course, at 11 a.m. in the morning. Thank you for listening. Peace. Thank you.